<laughs> and that is how you start a Halloween episode. Well, I'm just going to start the machines. You boys have fun. Start your engines. And I'm going to look because uh, this is going to be an interesting podcast because uh-huh. in the background, while this is in, while, while we are talking in the background, I right. am going to be doing the art for this episode. Okay. Uh, and I need to find a piece of thing in my YouTube history, or not my YouTube history, <laughs> my uh, my Google history. Okay. Uh, Vern Tooley is the last man on earth who searches for pornography on YouTube. <laughs> no, <laughs> I is. don't. He's the last he... man who still enjoys wildly blurry hentai and videos of women getting stuck under beds. Do you remember um, in the early, early, early days of YouTube mm-hmm. where the thumbnail you could not pick your thumbnail you could not pick your no, thumbnail it was and the, the th- middle image yes thank you okay you do remember this yes uh, I remember this trend due to the crushing disappointment it always left me with so uh, <laughs> so, uh, so okay so early uh, for, for the listeners who might have been born after the old days <laughs> okay what 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 trend were we cryptically Okay, discussing? so in the early days of YouTube, now it's like taken for granted that you can upload a video that's an hour long. Now it's taken for granted that mm-hmm. you can cr- uh, create a custom thumbnail. In the earliest days of YouTube, yeah. the thumbnail was uh, automatically generated by what was in the middle of the video. And uh, there's two things that I remember from this time. Uh, one being me being like in the heat of my like Beatles addiction, being so stoked that YouTube was now like a resource because like I could find all this like Beatles content that I had never seen. I could see like them performing at Shea. I could see all this other stuff. Uh, it's where I saw the original cut of like Let It Be. Oh, that's, oh, that's uh, back awesome. before, and this was like before like copyright detectives were on everything. And so, like, oh god, I, oh, this is back when you could watch like, this is where like you could watch any like show mm-hmm. really if it was in like three, like broken into three. Yes, because there is a ten to fifteen minute long time limit. Like, I watched the entirety mm-hmm. of the original theatrical cut of Beatles Let It Be, but it was across like ten parts. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember like there being this video, and it was like Ringo Starr. 
end of, like on the Johnny Carson show, but the thumbnail was of like Marlon Brando because <laughs> Ringo Starr oh, yeah. was talking about Marlon Brando and they showed a picture of it, but it happened to be in the middle of the video. And so, like, in the descriptions, like, Ringo Starr, live on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. The reason the thumbnail is a picture of Marlon Brando is because that's when they... But I also remember, uh, you know, being a a teenage male, being on YouTube, and all of a sudden seeing a thumbnail on YouTube.com, and this thumbnail was of uh, two women in in a state of undress... Uh, being intimate with each other, and I go, oh, oh, you don't say, and I and I clicked on this video, uh, like the little pervert that I am, and right. I see like two or three seconds of these women in the state of undress being intimate, and then it hard Ooh-hoo. cuts to this guy says. You are looking at porn on YouTube. Now you have to watch My Little Pony. <laughs> and then it just showed a full episode <laughs> which of My Little Pony with like a a Brad like a Fight Club splice of that still in the middle of the thumbnail so that it could be in the in the in the thumbnail of the video and just being like horribly embarrassed and horribly yeah. ashamed. And, you know, now... Oh, yeah. Because you had to watch My Little Pony. Yes, of course. I had. I couldn't click out of it. It just, like, yeah, it was immediately. But now, like, you know, now you see it all the time where you'll be following someone on YouTube and they'll upload a new video and you'll watch the new video. But then, like, a week and a half later, the thumbnail will be completely different. And you'll be like, did I see this or not? But it's oh. like that YouTuber's oh, no. way of like There's tricking a, the algorithm did a, um, to keep like boosting the video, and it will be a video that's like oh, an, yeah. it'll be a video that's like an hour and a half long that they don't need to have the, like, mm-hmm. that arbitrary. Time There's a event. fascinating instance of that um, with uh, with Miss with Mister the Beast. Um, oh, now, Mister the yes. Beast did a whole stunt. I, I refuse to call anything what he does anything besides a stunt. A stunt is all a stunt. Um, he did a stunt um, where he bought, like, cochlear implants for, like, a thousand deaf kids. And the vi- and the graphics for that video changed, like, three times. And, like, in the first instance, it's of, um, like, it's a picture of, like, him with his, like, dead shark eyes uh, standing next to, like, a baby who's, like... Here with like a face, like he's hearing for the first time. Um, if you th- told me Mr. Beast was like a raggedy Andy who like a witch, you know, <laughs> cursed, I would be like a hundred percent, absolutely. Right. Um, but the second image, the second image is like the same thing, but there's like there's more visual like background noise. They change it from like a vague background to like a hospital. A lot of the kids' like wrinkles have been like airbrushed out. Like the baby's face is like weirdly smooth. Milf, like sunburnt milf. Okay, like like like, <laughs> like prone. She she is a prone woman. Um, <laughs> oh my God. 
Like she'd been knocked prone. Her enemies have been an, an attack prone. advantage. Uh, yeah, yeah, everyone gets an advantage to attack her. Jesus. Um, no, but she has like a metallic green bikini, but she is like turned to the camera and doing the and doing making this like. I'm sorry, she's making a soy face. She's making, like, mm. like mouth open, like, lips kind of puckered into, like, an open O. Like, as in, like, the, oh, yeah, kind of expression. Okay. Yeah. I, I can only assume something is happening in the back half, but we don't we don't get to see it because, dadgummit, I got tricked into watching Rainbow Sprite again. Mm. And I, and fool me forth. Shame on you. Now, now, okay, this is a real-life question, and I hate that I'm asking this real-life question. Don't. Where do you guys get your porn? No. I can't find it. I can't. I get it everywhere. I get it like everyone else behind the grocery store. Behind the, I mean, here in Utah, that is essentially like how you have to get porn now. Um, you have to walk out into the woods and hope to find yeah, some old find magazines. A, find, a, find a box that's buried. Um, no, what you need to do just, is you need to find a porn prospector. Someone who can like, get a Y-shaped stick to douse pornography. There's porn in them hellers. I'll tell you. Fucking the, Tom Waits, Buster Scruggs, Mr. Pocket. The, He's the, looking for like Mr. Pocket pussy yeah the the california 69er the minor 69er uh who like there's porn in them hills i'll tell you hey this is good this is a good Uh, character but you get 16 cums and what do you get justin you just told this story about uh uh the sunburnt milf yeah that when you clicked on it it showed you like Rain, I think you said Rainbow Sparkle. I said Rainbow was, Sprite. Okay, that, Rainbow that, that, Sparkle. That, that was the that that was my dummy show. Okay, and I don't know if this audio got lost. I don't know if Kevin still has access to this audio, <laughs> but uh, one of the fourteen times we tried starting this recording, um, I was told a story about um, when thumb back in the early days of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Back when the thumbnails, when you could not auto-generate your thumbnails, mm. whenever YouTube did it for you, mm-hmm. there was a thumbnail of a video uh, on YouTube, and the thumbnail was uh, two women in a state of undress being intimate with each other. Yeah. And because this was like 2007, 2006, and I was like a younger person, mm-hmm. I foolishly clicked on this video, and there was uh, two or three seconds of these women being intimate and then then a hard cut to a guy saying you got busted looking at porn on youtube now you have to watch my little pony and then like the rest of the video was just like my little pony with the exception no! of like a with like a with the exception of like a fight club splice of right. that that like just uh, of that image of the two women so they could have that for the thumbnail uh and this is a question i i hate that i'm asking but uh now, in today's climate, uh, if you find out that there is an adult male who watches My Little Pony, like, they are trouble. You need to get away from that person. I, uh, speaking, speaking as a, like... Recovering brony. Re- yeah, yeah, reco- a brony in recovery. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, uh, there's, like, here's the thing. My, if, if the brony movement was nothing more than just... <laughs> No, because it tried to be a movement. You know, um, you're right. It did, and, try and, to and, be and it had right. no right to be. Um, be like, if it was just, 
hey, a bunch of these adult men just kind of enjoy this, like, this quite funny, fairly charming kids show. Like, they've been doing since, like, 1985. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that they would have been fine but no they had to make it important they had to yeah. say like can you believe we we men we we strapping lumberjack men as they're just dusting the funyun crumbs off their shirts these <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we we strapping lads as they're like buckling in their knee braces to go to the bathroom um like, can you believe we, like, a, a show for little girls? And it, in a healthy society, in a righteous society, we would not be impressed by that. <laughs> in a righteous society, we would put them to death. No, 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 no. Um, it, no just, it shouldn't be interesting. Because I watched it, and I, like, the problem is they tried to make it important and that it matters. When... I'm sorry. No, you like toys. You like things for kids. You're not engaging mm -hmm. with act like not not as I guarantee you, not a single one of these fucking guys then <laughs> went on to like things for adult women. They never mm, yeah. they never moved on from like saying, "Okay, I like this thing for girls." Okay, but what about things for women? Yeah, they like, never evolved to like steel magnolias. No, they like, steel, <laughs> mag steel magnolias or Greta Gerwig or Yeah, like, I watched no. Brad Green Tomatoes. You got a problem with that? Yeah, I watched. No, I read the book no. too. You got a fucking problem with that, bro? <laughs> no, these guys you got a ever. That I love First Wives Club. You got a fucking problem with it? You got a fucking problem with this? <laughs> these guys well, Justin... either went on to I. These guys went into two groups. Either they just kind of stayed on the track, got bored of My Little Pony, and are now currently insisting that Bluey has like actually some pretty mm. good stuff for adults, and it's actually just about this cartoon dog being a good dad who listens um when the show is for five-year-old kids um right. uh, Justin, or you are, they're just you are, fascists yes you are describing a an epidemic in contemporary society babyfication you you well the babyfication thing but i'm even i'm talking more specifically about the thing where you can't just do something <laughs> that something has to be important. You mm, yes, yes, yes. I'm yes. talking about like calling everything mm -hmm. self care. Like a genuinely uh, meaningful uh, critique that became that turned into marketing. Well, that yes, and that it, th that goes back to uh, what was his name Eddie Bernays, uh, Freud's nephew. Uh, who worked But in... he makes a great pasta sauce. <laughs> well, no, no, no. What he did, um, he used to work for the U.S. government in the in what everyone called propaganda. And then he started applying his uncle's theories to this, like, new, like, this new post-industrial marketplace. Like, this is when, now that, like, industrialism had, like, spread so much that now we could just sell stuff like you didn't have to sell necessities anymore people like goods could be made cheaply enough and people had enough money that they could buy just stuff um they could buy right. toasters or they it's, could buy yes. like vibrators or they could buy um or they, they could buy a new hat and they just could because they had the money and the manufacturing was cheap enough and so he you'd she tried to apply freudian theory to marketing 
And his most famous move, his most famous flourish, was uh, trying to was selling cigarettes to women by getting a bunch of by paying a bunch of pe- of women to uh, roll up on a suffragette march and light up their torches for freedom. <laughs> oh, that's um, good. Well, yeah, and partly because they thought that suffragettes um, wanted. Uh, a penis of their own. Again, Freudian theory. So a cigarette was like a good way to like give them a sort of phallic symbol. And so he tried, to- but he tried to- by tying cigarettes to allowing women to vote. He helped set this precedent that what you consume ma- says um, reflects you as a person. Your consumption reflects your personal values and ethics. And and we see this a lot with people Mm -hmm. refusing to engage with particular pieces of media because they might be thorny or they might require a little Mm. bit of dissection. Because what you... Mm. They have taken watching a TV show to be, like, a virtuous Mm -hmm. act. You can't just, like... Ted Lasso, the funny soccer show. It has to be, like, Mm -hmm. the solution to all life's problems. And it happens to be, like, streaming for $4.99 a month on Apple TV+, right? Right, right. Martin Scorsese's critique about Marvel movies is wrong because he signed the Roman Polanski petition. Like... Yes. And we, we, all your faves signed the Polanski petition. Oh, yeah, everyone okay, was yeah. 10 years ago. I don't know. Move on. Um, I don't like it, but, like, we gotta we gotta move on from the Polanski petition. And it's, you know, and it, listen, I have many deeply felt thoughts about Martin Scorsese. I have watched literally 30 of his movies. <laughs> and, like, he is concerned with... If there is one unifying idea to his entire work, it is that he wants to put you into the brain of his protagonist. He wants you to feel how they feel. He wants you to think how they think. That's why a lot of his movies have extensive voiceover. That's every music choice, every shot choice is there to put you in the shoes of his protagonist. At the same time, he is frequently making movies about undesirable bad people no, who are doing he, bad things and have evil worldviews and he, those two things are existing yeah. at the same time and people conflate those two things to be the idea that somehow Martin Scorsese thinks like Travis Bickle is good which no. obviously he doesn't um, no because he's a grown ass man who under, who yes who, he has an implied uh, morality where he assumes the audience already knows that killing people right. is bad he assumes you already know that. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to, like, hold your hand and be like, when Raging Bull beat his wife, that was bad. It, it was like, yeah, the audience it's already bad knows that, it's bad. It's bad that Wolf of Wall Street makes selling things look cool. It's bad. And you should... Right, exactly. And this, and, you know, and this is just... It, and it, the, the, the emblem of this, like we can't just do something, everything has to have a name, is this new trend where people talk about beige flags. Are y'all familiar with beige flags? Oh, I... Oh, where it's just character traits? 
Kevin, I. It was. It's just. It's literally the human condition. Base flags are just base humanity. It is the fact that we are not just cookie cutter human beings squeezed out of a mold. We have nuance. We have complexities. We aren't just fucking numbers. We aren't just images you see on your screen. I have a beating heart. I am pumping lungs. I am a goddamn flesh and blood person. And God forbid you act like I am. God forbid anybody treat that there are real people on the other sides of their screens. <laughs> like, like the ba- the beige flag thing is just like people. It's no, the beige flag is people peeking out of the platonic cave and seeing a real bird for the first time, and they freak <laughs> the fuck out. They don't. No, because it is. It is them just being surprised that like people are people. Like, sometimes I put salt on my food. Sometimes he doesn't. I guess that's a beige flag. God forbid you pay attention to... God forbid... Because God forbid you pay attention to your partner. God forbid you pay attention to anybody in the world outside of you. Because we are more than puppets on your cave wall. We are human beings. Uh, Justin, wow. that's, that's one of the funniest things you've ever done. Wow. So like, I don't know that, like, the rest of this episode cannot live up to that. That rap is. <laughs> there is a moment where I was like, you know, Kevin, uh, today. Sorry, was guys, what first... happened? I blacked out for like five <laughs> minutes. There was a moment there where I was like, Kevin, uh, I've seen, today was the first, uh, just before this podcast was started recording. I saw beige flag for the the term beige flag flag for the third time, and that was whenever I realized it was a thing. And like I was like I should sh- share this, and then like Justin did, and I was like, nope, let him cook, let him cook. If okay. I'm yeah, wrong, Justin, that if, was if, Justin's like Mister Hyde persona that just like suddenly came out. You know, he took his potion. If I'm like I, overreacting, I please tell me. No, 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 no. I think no, you're no, on no, no. something because right. I think you like right. I think. It's a, I do think it's, and it's, it's part of like why I have some hope for humanity is that like, we, I do kind of think and wonder and hope that we're approaching like a new renaissance where we do remember that there are people attached Mm -hmm. to the like usernames that we see on the internet. Yeah. And we we are we do start to like realize like oh oh like people are complex and people are not like people are not content uh, and people like mm-hmm. are dynamic and they do change and like I I I do hope that there uh, that we we reach this point where we realize like. Oh wow! This person said a lot of problematic things in the year 2013, or leading up to the year 2013, but then they stopped. We had a hard time finding problematic tweets after the year 2013. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because like they learned that like there's an there was an error to their ways. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they don't make these like, kinds of videos anymore because they they realized they were hurting a lot of people when they made them. Exactly, and I do. I do hope that's a thing. I do hope that's a a, a thing, uh, but also at the same time, uh, maybe referring to 
<laughs> these traits of humanity as beige flags is not. Uh, maybe that's maybe maybe we're not realizing there's a humanity I, if we're no. referring to them as beige flags and something yeah. to be like worried about. I do that think... people sometimes put salt on their food and sometimes they don't. <laughs> sometimes they don't. No, it's I do because I do think no because you have to keep in mind that we're kind of the last generation that had a time in our childhood without the internet. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. as and in our lifetimes, like and we and the kind of internet we grew up with doesn't exist anymore. Well, that they, whole like YouTube like the wild discussion. west. Yeah, like YouTube, but not even that. Just like there was a website for literally everything. And part of the internet was just meandering hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of websites. Um just it was just following like, "Oh, this play, oh, this Oh, this, like, artist I like? They have links referring to other stuff. Um, and then you just, like, follow links and follow link chains. They have links. And, and you get in a forum oh, and you yeah, talk yeah, with yeah. people. All that kind of stuff. Like, it was broken up. But in our lifetime, it's become composed because a hyper-fragmented internet, it makes it really hard to track data and then use and then sell that data. So it's better yeah. to create. So they created. So which is which led to the sort of the second wave of the social media boom, where they tried to get everyone on a handful of platforms, all doing the same thing at once together, um, which led to a like the hyperconnectivity and the hyperexposure, but then everything has to be in the same place at once, and you can't have like not safe for life videos in the same place as like someone trying to post videos uh, post um like them reading Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall like you can't for to read for children who are like sick in the hospital you can't do that so there there's that's what causes these like constant tussles about like terms and conditions and all that stuff um and we're kind and I do feel like we're kind of being driven crazy because we all have we're all being forced to be in the same space together and we're all with and again the but kind of the irony is this is no one's making any of us do this we can just log off that is absolutely yeah. within our thing but they make these platforms to be so brain addicting that you can't like your your body will not let you so we're just we're finding ourselves stuck in these platforms, but because of um, this trend, uh, uh, I'm gonna shout out anime sickos for the term and shitification. <laughs> Be no, just because the way um, American society is built, we are if we if it is not making money, we are cutting costs and costs and costs and costs and costs until it is a skeleton, and then maybe a skull and some ribs. So. Everything is just getting worse. Everything is benefiting the consumer or the user less and less and less in order to Im in order to benefit the owners more and more and more. Which mean which again, if you want to see this in practice of like how that dynamic doesn't work, look at what's happening with Twitter, where a guy owns it and everything he's being done is for his benefit at the expense of literally everyone else. Um so like but Kids young people younger than us did not grow up with the Wild West where you where if you liked a webcomic, you read it on the artist's website. If you liked videos, you watched like 360 like 
PP <laughs> on the videos on their website. You didn't yeah. have you watch the native cracked.com video player. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you watched I remember. New, you watched Newgrounds on with using the Flash animation system. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like you when you played games, it was with, uh, and Flash doesn't exist anymore. That whole like yeah, it got shut down. It got now shut you can't down. play games where like George W. Bush like shoots Beats Osama up bin Laden, Laden in the head. You can't, you can't play the game where George Bush boxes Osama bin Laden anymore. Um, like that whole it. infrastructure is gone. People have grown up knowing only the walled gardens, um, instead of the like instead of the like endless scrub brush where if you're not careful, you could end up on like someone who's behe- like doing beheading videos. Or yeah. someone do, or someone, or Time Cube. Um, but also, the internet, the old internet was great because we could get stuff like Time Cube, actually. <laughs> Time Cube is kind of the perfect internet. Um, like, j- just like rambling I- I- insanity of people like showing like crazy theories and people just desperate to get their inner thoughts out there. But now, which in the Wild West, Scrubland, that's fine. There's space. Anyone can have their own little homestead where they can just pour their heart and soul into into their little homestead. And maybe if people like their little homestead, they'll come and they'll have more money for a bigger homestead. And hell, maybe they can connect their homestead to other stuff. And there's like something organic and human about that. These walled gardens were only existed to make money. So, which is fundamentally anti-human. Um, so people are just kind of stuck in these spaces and they don't feel like they can leave. They can only feel like they can know each other. And there's this over-familiarity because we're all just stuck into each other. And that I do feel like there is a kind of psychological, psychological digital claustrophobia we're feeling. Where we feel like it's too many minds compressed into too small a digital space. When, again, we should be spread out and we, have, we should be spread out. So people are, like, harping on stuff. People are just bumping into each other, sniping at their lessers, and trying to make themselves feel better. And making yourself and determining that you're better than someone else is one of the, if not the, best way to get dopamine in your brain. So, and for a lot of cases, it's better than sex. So, like, that's, again, because because the walled gardens are designed to over-pump, like, your hormones and make your brain want to be there all the time. It just fuels rage and it fuels alienation. That's that's the point. That's literally what this is all for. Like social networks making people antisocial is part of the programming. But as used to, if you wanted the experience of seeing a weird guy, you would have to go to the theater and watch something like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Did you oh, guys you, see me fucking you, land that plane? Did you, you guys beat see me, me to the fucking transition? I was right there. I landed the plane, thank baby. Thank you for getting me off that Ooh. track. Oh my gosh! You know what? We got we we had some we had some birds in the engines, but <laughs> we landed the plane. Oh. We're all here. Someone's going to have to wear glasses for the rest of their lives because, like, the jet fuel that was in the water that they were swimming in, like, ruined their eyes a little bit. But we have landed the plane. Call him fucking <laughs> Chester Tooley Tulenberger. Like, <laughs> my God. 
<laughs> landed that plane on the fucking Hudson. Yes, welcome back to Movies for Babies, your very spooktacular October episode where we talk about the scariest things you can imagine. The internet. Uh, the internet. <laughs> the, in- uh, the internet. And uh, I am uh, one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, welcome back to the show. With me, as always, my co-hosts. Co-ghosts. Co-ghosts. Damn, fuck. Shit. <laughs> fuck, goddammit. Justin Gulmarov and Vern Booley. Oh, I was like, oh, Gooley is right there. I don't know how he's going to how he's going to uh, land. I landed that plane, baby. He did Call it. me he Kevin Lanny Lannenberger. We're landing planes this episode, folks. We're landing planes. Yeah, I'm I'm TV's coffin Lana Ghost. Uh Ooh. and uh we're back at it, baby. It's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh we have not we've not had a, an episode in earnest since our turtles episode back in August. Of course, the audience ate up the our faux boys episode but uh it's good to be it's good to be back in the chairs good to be back on the mics with you boys mm-hmm. we shot a comedy special one month ago but as we were talking about it feels like two years ago yeah i don't it's understand been a, it's been a thing where like last year i had despite me trying i had like nothing going on last year i was trying so hard to like have something going on (laughs) and this year i've had the opposite problem and one of my common refrains this year has been like man i wish these last two years that i've had felt like two years instead of like four years Mm -hmm. this has been super busy um but yeah uh just like a month ago we were all in the same space with each other but it does feel like, and I feel like me, like, hey, guys, what if we watch Pee-wee's Big... Like, that does feel like that was, like, two years ago. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I uh, I completely yeah. forgot that, like... And I liked the movie, but I completely forgot that, like, Mutant Mayhem was we, a month and a half we, ago. We also month recorded <laughs> two episodes in one month. Um, yeah, we were we were kind of stacking them up. We were back to backing them up because uh, you know Barbie was coming. You know we were we were we were on there, and so like the turtles episode technically could have come out in September. You know yeah. to keep like a monthly schedule. So we've had the same number of episodes, but the time has been uh, strange and 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 malformed. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's but it's but it's good to be here to talk about to um, a little film, a little film. About a little man. Truly a little film. It feels big, but it's a little it's a tiny little movie. It's tight. It's like 95, 97, you know, something. Um, uh, he's he's a small, small man. Of course, uh, you, you already saw in the title of the episode, and you've been asking the whole time, when are they going to actually start talking about this movie? Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the first film by Tim Burton, mm-hmm. the first film Starring Pee Wee Herman. Was this Paul Rubin's first movie? His first, mm. uh, his first film. Uh, Tim Burton's first, like full length live action film. Yeah, first done, feature. Uh, uh, and, he done and, uh, Frank and Weenie, famously. And, and from uh, what I understand, he, he, he has a very good live action um, Hansel and Gretel adaptation. Oh, uh, that was like kind of lost. It was broadcast once and never shown again are they hunt witches um (laughs) yeah with jeremy film hansel with jeremy renner yeah uh remember when they 
I'm sorry. We'll we'll talk about Pee Wee. Remember when they turned Hansel and Gretel into like bitchin' badass action heroes yeah. in like Fucking a very expensive awesome. major movie? I never saw the uh I never saw the Oz Perkins uh Hansel and Gretel. I always wanted to, but it just never uh never happened. Maybe Maybe it's spooky season. Maybe it's going to happen. Was that one was that one like Gretel and Hansel? Gretel and Hansel, yeah. The uh Those Oz, idiots, uh, they got it backwards. They got it all <laughs> backwards. I think too like there's been so much Hansel and Gretel uh content for lack of a better word that like you got to do something. Mm-hmm. You got to do something to make your and so like saying Gretel and Hansel like that's oh. here's something. <laughs> like, what if they hunted witches? That's uh, something. But what that if they had a freaking sweet crossbow? <laughs> uh, what if it was freaking? Hey, Lois, look at my freaking. Anyway, uh, uh, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, yes. So, Vern, this yes. is your film. This was this your, was my this film. Was your pick. Why don't you? Uh, I don't know. Tell us a little bit why this film. What is uh, your relationship with this film? Uh, my relationship with it. So, uh, as I said, uh, and this is something that we'll talk about in three movies, probably, uh, there was a, I was going back and forth between this and one other movie. Uh, and then, uh, uh, a very sad day, uh, Paul Rubens passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I thought like, uh, what, uh, let's honor the guy the only way I know how, which is talking about his stuff. Um, and uh, the idea to t- talk about Pee Wee's Big Adventure was born. Um, the, I guess there's something that I'm reali- that I've been realizing this spooky season, uh, and that is uh, how big of an impact Tim Burton had on uh, not just on me but on on several. And I think that like for the longest time. Kind of uh, piggybacking off of uh, what our friend Justin was talking about earlier. Uh, for the longest time, there was only small windows into like weird guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And and uh, and for the longest time, Tim Burton was uh, the one, the guy going around giving you those little tiny glimpses uh-huh. into into weird guys. Yeah. And uh, so, what if Frankenstein um, I, was a weird guy? What if Frankenstein was a weird guy? Um, but like uh, a future movies for babies at some point, I'm sure. Uh, I fucking loved that '89 Batman movie. I used mm. to watch that '89 Batman. Like literally, there was a time in my life where I was watching '89 Batman like every day. I loved a uh, Beetlejuice, uh, a movie that pulls off like tricks that only movies can do. Like. A mat, you know, like what it's like to have uh, an afterlife, what it's like to have like this like bureaucracy in the afterlife, mm-hmm. uh, what it's like to have Alec Baldwin be a likable human being, <laughs> um, just like tricks that only movies can do. And uh, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure was one of those like just like when you're a kid, when you're I, I think a lot of it is just like Pee Wee Herman is a small child in a man's body. Um, but just, uh, there was just something so magical as a little kid, like seeing that breakfast machine and, uh, just immediately being, just immediately knowing like this is this guy's world just in a, in a, in a couple, in the last couple, couple years, I've been exploring the, uh, the media that made me kind of fall in love with media. And, uh, I think Pee Wee's big adventure is a, is a big part of that, uh, 
uh, a movie about a, a the world's oldest child uh, experiencing <laughs> experiencing a nightmare like a for something that is for like children especially like pre-internet children children that did not have Fortnite, uh like something that truly is a nightmare which is like our bike being stolen <laughs> you know like prior to in Fortnite. yeah pr- prior to internet like if you're like your escape to a world outside of your own was like going for a bike ride <laughs> and uh without a helmet Without a helmet and like and he needs to get a city bike subscription. You know, you can just you pay two hundred dollars a year. You can check out any bike. You know, it doesn't really matter if it gets stolen. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, but I as a as a small and this is a surprise to absolutely no one. But as a as a wee one, I loved Pee Wee. I loved watching Big Adventure. I loved watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. I loved the Christmas special that he did. Uh, just because like. You don't get to. I don't just. I back then, like production design was kind of a novelty, you know. And just uh, seeing things like Pee Wee's house in this movie, like you don't see those things. Uh, you don't get to see bright colors, and you don't get to see like interesting weirdo things. And uh, as a as a pre-internet kid, where there was not a lot of access to weird stuff, like. That was huge, and uh, and uh, I don't know. And also, you know, this was a movie that uh, put Tim Burton on the map. This was mm-hmm. his first live-action thing. From what I understand, it's the first thing, like, Danny Elfman ever did the score to. Uh, and uh, The, the I, guy from Oingo Boingo the guy is going to do Oingo. film scores? The guy from <laughs> exactly. The Forbidden Zone? The guy who did <laughs> Dead Man's Party is gonna do. Fi- I don't. I don't see it. But okay, I don't see it. Okay. Uh, that's a. T- that's a big ask. That's a big ask. But uh, I was a big Pee Wee Herman kid, and I loved this movie. And uh, it was kind of nice to just revisit a world where, like, the biggest nightmare that a human could experience is like their bike being stolen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like something that feels so quaint now. Uh, 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 I was a big Pee Wee Herman kid. Were you folks? How? What? What's your relationship with Pee Wee? Justin, you want to whip out your Pee Wee? I was a. Oh. Of course, I was a massive Pee Wee Herman kid. Um, I watched like rewatching this I movie was such an interesting experience for me because I used to watch this movie all the time. Like this was yeah. a regular rental on like on VHS and like DVD up like for just for a long time. Um, but the last time I saw this movie when I was like, I was like 12 or 13. Um, so rewatching was such an interesting experience because I knew this, I realized I know this movie phonetically. Like I knew what like the lines sounded like, uh, but I didn't get the like jokes a lot of the time. Um, like, which, which again, I think is kind of the whole point of Pee Wee. Pee Wee Herman is like one of our, if anything, kind of our last great clown. Just this like wild, childish, lovable, like trampish persona. Um, who, who's, who, the whole joke of him is that he like talks and acts like a little boy, but he still has like the knowingness of an adult and he like navigates that sort of blurry space. Um, but like, you know, I watched Pee Wee Herman. I also watched a ton of Pee Wee's Playhouse as a kid. 
Um, yeah, and one of the things like imprinted on my brain was <laughs> seeing this like warning that like the episode would always have like would often have like a cooking segment of like where Pee Wee shows the kids how to like make French toast or some shit. And this episode's thing was about sun tea, where apparently it used to be normal to just fill a jar with water and tea bags and put it in a window. And oh, the sun oh, yeah. and the sun would warm the water and steep the tea. Mm-hmm. And the episode on like the on the uh, on the DVD came with a warning that hey, putting tap water it with an open jar in the window for hours and hours, if not, or if you forget about it, maybe a day or two, is a great way to grow bacteria. So don't do this, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were uh, making algae tea. Uh, algae tea. Mm, I love making salmonella tea. Yeah, I love making some just some nice pond scum tea. Really goes <laughs> nice, especially as the weather gets colder. You know. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's that's. I'm I'm very thrilled um, and happy for your boys. Um, I will say, uh, I did not know who Pee-wee Herman was for the first two-thirds of my life. You're not a friend um, of Herman. I grew <laughs> up without cable or internet, so there are a lot of things that are simply foreign to me. Um, people love to talk about Nickelodeon cartoons, and I must simply smile and nod, for <laughs> I uh, know nothing of that world. Um, so I did not... I, I think there is a very good chance that the first time I ever heard the words Pee-wee Herman were on an episode of Comedy Bang Bang the TV show <laughs> where Pee-wee Herman was a guest and I said what the fuck is ha- what, who, what is this? <laughs> who is this strange man in my ears? Who is this? And this is like, I'm, I'm a devout like uh, a 12 year listener of Comedy Bang Bang the podcast I'm used to weird characters but they were weird characters that like I had some familiar... I know Don DeMello. Mm-hmm. I know the cake boss, you know? But I was like, <laughs> this guy isn't from Comedy Bang Bang, so what is... What's happening here? Um, <laughs> and I had never... As a kid, I did not, like... Did not watch a lot of Tim Burton. The ones that I saw, I didn't really resonate with, so I was never, like, compelled to dive further into his filmography to, like, mm-hmm. look up his early works. And so... This is strange and foreign to me, but I do understand the way that a young Vern or a young Justin, you know, saw this and latched onto it the way I did, like, the Master of Disguise starring Dana Carvey, uh, a film we will talk about on this show, because uh, it was a deeply important movie to young Kevin, the way I, I latched onto A Wayne's World or A uh, Holy Grail, not that you boys didn't latch onto any of those films, but... um. I see how one gets there as as a young person, as mm-hmm. a as an exploratory person. Watching it for the first time as a childless thirty year old man is a slightly different experience. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, it's a thing that truly does not exist anymore. Um, I, I I'll walk back. I'll walk back that statement in a second. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, whenever I've I've watched this movie so many times, 
Uh, and it is one of those movies where every time I watch it, I get something new out of it. And that's something that I, I appreciate about it. Um, but it is a thing that kind of doesn't happen anymore. Um, I was thinking about, uh, I was reminded whenever I watched it this time, I was reminded of Ernest. When we talk yes. about Ernest Saves Christmas. Sure. Oh, and very it, similar, like these character comedies. Yes. Yeah. And it's just a thing that doesn't, that kind of doesn't happen anymore where it's just like, no, Mike Myers was the last guy holding down the fort of like yes. making a movie about this weird character. I guess uh, Sasha no, Baron now, Cohen was now maybe like the last. You have to be person. your character. Sasha Baron Cohen uh, and the random like YouTube guy made a movie. Movie or like, yeah, or, you know, like, <laughs> like um, you know, ABGN. Oh, like, yeah, the, like or any yeah, of the, Doug uh, Walker's the ABGN movie. Of course, uh, of course, there's that guy who I don't, I don't know their name, and people are going to hear this, and they're going to hear me say this, and they're going to know exactly who I'm talking about, but I don't know their name. But there's a guy who's like gimmick on YouTube for the longest time was like weird guy on the news, and it's this like weird goth looking guy who like, oh like Bowser uh, or whatever. Kinda, sorta, and like no, that's from Mario. Uh, he's got a he's got a movie now that like I see advertised on like coming to Fathom events because of course it's a Fathom <laughs> events. Movie. Oh yeah, that's well, a, yeah, that's a well, TV yeah. window. Oh well, yeah, with the yeah. screenings of Chewy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, and it's it's you know we we saw I I it's not like a true like return to the trend but like I do think a recent example of something like this is Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar yeah. where yeah. it's like here are weird particular characters that are not just the actors playing themselves mm-hmm. doing loosely edited improv or like right? Anchorman mm-hmm. Anchorman is a great example uh I guess any of the 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 up till Talladega Nights but yeah this is something that just like falls off in the mid 2000s like after Talladega Nights, after Goldmember, after Borat, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's gone. It, like, then Will Ferrell's just playing himself when he does a movie. Um, you know, Sasha Baron, not, like, Bruno didn't take off the way that Borat did, you know, all mm-hmm. those years later. The Love Guru. Like, oh, there's something that rough. happened in, like, the mid-2000s. And it's possibly because they were not as good. Like, we were just, the, <laughs> you know, funny. none of those movies are as good as Anchorman. Um, but, like, I don't know. It just like in like 2006 after that, we just lost our taste for this. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, unless you're like, don't mess with the Zohan. It's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a defunct and and forgotten. You know what? It started falling off exactly when Judd Apatow got popular. Yeah. Um, as a, as a director, it falls off like exactly when knocked up comes out. The enshittification of comedy going from like crafted personas and scripts to no, I'm serious. Loose shaggy improv. That's very easy to produce and you just kind of stitch together. Yeah. 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 And I I think some of those, uh, enshittified movies, but well, I think part of it, Go ahead. I, I think part of it too is just like with some of these folks that like I think some of these folks like you see the love guru and whether you do or not I think you see if you see the poster for the love guru you're like I know what that is yeah without watching you know it's like it's Mike Myers playing another horny person um, I think <laughs> all right is, all right, Bruno all right, is, is an be intru- horny or racist in this one <laughs> exactly I think Bruno is an interesting thing because Bruno is a I 
I'm a stupid man. Let, uh, ladies, everyone listening, I'm a stupid person, so I apologize if I say this incorrectly. And hopefully that you can, hopefully you can like sift through my words and and pick up what I'm saying and 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 understand what I'm saying. But like, Bruno is a hard movie to watch because with racism, like with Borat and like racism, people are just like stupid. Um, but with like Bruno, like people have homophobia, like where they are afraid mm. of gay people. And I think that like Bruno is just like, uncom- like uncomfortable in a different way that like Borat is. Cause you yeah. see Borat and you're like, these people are stupid. Like, it's, it, you know, you, you have to be just an insane, like insanely stupid, like misguided, incorrect person to think that like Jewish people turn into cockroaches. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? But like, yes. there is a, like a fear, you know, homophobia. There yeah. is a fear that, and so like Bruno is just like a thing where it's just like un- uncomfortable in a different way than like Borat is. Um, and I, I, but I, I just think that this, with a lot of these like character movies, whether it's accurate or not, there's just a lot of folks that like see the poster and they're like, I get it before, you know, even if they've not seen the thing. And I think maybe that's a why that's a reason why like these kind of movies don't exist. But also I think too, that like comedies are very hard to make your money back on because yep. like comedy is so subjective. And so like, just like things that we find funny here in America, you know, like there's things that we find in parts of America that aren't found funny in other parts yeah. of America. Like you, you show Cletus a slack jawed yokel, like a New Yorker cartoon and he doesn't get it. And uh, with, with comedies, it's especially like difficult because like you have to dub a comedy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, and like, there's this like cultural things that like don't play, you know, another cult. And so like, I'm, I'm sure I'm positive without looking anything up. I'm sure like India wasn't too crazy about Mike Myers and the love guru. I'm sure they weren't super crazy about that. Sure. Nor was America to be, <laughs> yeah. to be fully fair, but, uh, but no, yeah. I completely uh, get what you're saying. Right. When the, when the world box office opens up for like the first time, really as like mm-hmm. where a film is, is in theory going to make the majority of its money. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to translate Superman punching into mm-hmm. any nation's vernacular yeah. than it is to like okay so he's based on like 60s British spies mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. really James Bond he's kind of more based on Flint uh, you know what I mean like it's just it's yeah. it, the same cultural cash you know like Wayne Campbell, a, a suburban rock burnout, like is not a universal caricature um, that like is going to go from country to country to country in the same way that like Batman is. <laughs> um, and so, yes. And so all of those things, along with the, the you know, Judd Apatow thing, it just all kind of slurries together to where the, the kind of movie that we're talking about here functionally just becomes extinct yep. uh, what well, i think too well, just like I, I would say though um watching peewee as a kid and falling in love with uh that character if you explained to me i had no point of reference for what he was making fun of the like because well, i that's I, I, I didn't the thing with peewee is that he's not 
really making fun of anything. Like it's it. There's you can't quantify the game of people. No, he is like, as, like from what I understand. Like he's based on like kids show hosts that they would like 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 those like like you know like uh, like Howdy Doody or like Bozo mm-hmm. the Clown. Or a cat, or or like Captain Kangaroo, like he's based on a very specific archetype of TV that had gone pretty much extinct by the time I was a kid, like the like the hyper local regional yeah. like, come on boys and girls like the no he was he was being the kind of person that Krusty the Clown was trying to make fun of, like <laughs> no I'm right, serious but maybe. No, I understand what you're saying, but maybe that's true on Pee Wee's Playhouse, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure is not riffing on that in any substantive. No, way. no, There's no, no. no. It, it's it's riffing riffing Bicycle Thieves, but yes, um, of course, yeah. It's a it's a it's an Italian neo realism <laughs> spoof. But um, but no, no but, but like the show came yeah. after um, Big Adventure. Um, which was based on, which is right. inspired well, by his characters, which is, if you watch are very cat and kangaroo kind of thing. Right. The character starts out, it's, it's a, what I like to call a triumph, the insult comic dog situation <laughs> where Pee Wee was just one of a series of random characters that were debuted in a groundlings sketch show. They were doing bad stand up comics and the bad stand up comic that groundlings cast member paul rubens came up with was peewee herman um but what i'm trying to articulate is like when i say the game Mm -hmm. are y'all familiar with like the game of a character the game of a comedy scene does that make sense like it's what is the repeated action that is funny Mm -hmm. um so like the the game of Groucho Marx is that he is this low class, you know, bloviating uh, guy who's going to be act, act unbecoming in in any situation, and you keep putting him in high stakes or high society situations, mm-hmm. right? That is the game of Groucho Marx. The 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 game of Austin Powers is that like he's the least suave person in the world, but everyone thinks he's the suavest, coolest, hottest guy who's ever lived, right? There's no game to Pee-wee. There's no, like, there's, you you can't quantify what this is. There's no rules. He has, like, and this is not a criticism, what I'm saying. But it's just, like, it is, it is an id. He has, like, four different voices. I personally maintain that he might be the devil. Like, it's just, like, it's, (laughs) it's, he, there's no rule. There's no, like, basis. And I'm, again, this is not a criticism, but it's Mm. just, like, a wild, unwieldy, thing i i, I would argue that there is a game it's it's a very vague game but it's still a game in that Wee's a big kid he is a he's if you is t- if you took like the brain of a child and put it in the brain of a in the body of an adult like up to part where up to where part of the joke is his suit's too small um like because like if you look at his house he is a kid. It, it is a child's house. It is if a if you gave a child the agency of an adult, he would if act. If you like gave that. a child a budget, yeah, for the, he he <laughs> would have the fireman pole. He would have the bunny slippers, complete with carrot that they pretend to eat. He'd have the breakfast machine, etc. Um, like he's he acts cool around girls. He like he doesn't like girls, but he like appreciate he he like he. 
he doesn't have a sexuality. He's not a sexually active person, but he kind of likes girls and and feels that it's good and likes and likes that it's good to engage with women. And girls. I don't know if he does like girls. I don't know. I just like he's so mean to to well, Dottie. The, well, he's mean because um, he's kind like of mean to everybody. But he's very nice to right. Simone. That's what I'm talking about. That um, he might be the devil. Like he's he's kind of a cruel master. But in the well, again there's... in the way kids are cruel. He's like he's catty. He's obnoxious. But again, and it's a it's a very simple kind of self absorbed way that I don't know. To me, reads very childish and not like. not like adult malignant or like he's like like (laughs) you know you know he never hurts anybody real from malignant he turns around like he never hurts anybody he just puts them under he just like he just gets one over them um his solutions are uh, always very silly and like but also very simple he's not like he's not a complicated peewee herman is not a complicated man um, <laughs> but he he is capricious he's flexible he's fluid again in the way a child is um there is a there's a shot it's like one of the first shots of the movie and it's peewee in his bed and like it's a thing where like it's one of those things like you would never see until like yeah, i've seen this movie a trillion times and it's i think the first time i ever clocked it on my radar was this time i watched it but like in the foreground of Pee Wee's bedroom, there's like a toy giraffe, there's a toy dinosaur, there's a toy something, mm-hmm. and there's a Howdy Doody puppet yep. on the neck of it, like it's riding it. And I think like that's, I think that's you know like the 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 strongest hint that you ever get into this movie uh, about who Pee Wee is as a person until you watch the movie. But I think a thing with Pee Wee is this kind of you either get it or you don't. And I'm not saying like folks don't, you know, I'm not, that's not a mm-hmm. dismissal of anybody, but like, uh, my wife, uh, who is, uh, as we've talked about on the podcast, a normal human being, <laughs> regular, like a regular person. Uh, she did not grow up with Peewee. Uh, she does not know Peewee. Um, and it was something that I was like talking with her about. And I, she thinks Peewee is fine. Uh, after a certain point, whenever we watch any kind of Pee Wee thing together, she does tap out. Um, it's exhausting. It's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a lot. But, it really wears you out. But it is a thing where uh, I, I asked her about it. And apparently when she was growing up, and again, she's also a pre-internet person. Um, and she's a, you know, like a, she's a person who grew up with like cable TV. But the options for cable back TV back then are vastly different from as for the options for cable TV now. But it was a thing that like she doesn't like Rob Pe- Deerdeck's ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> when when Pee Wee Herman came on her TV as a child, uh my my wife's father, who like served in Vietnam as a Marine, uh-huh. would be like, Nope, and he'd change the channel. <laughs> it's a and I think yeah, it's, it's thing- he's really triggering to like vets. Yeah. Well I, I think it's more so just like Pee-wee Probably is like there's Herman in the bushes in the veterans hall. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, a part of it that, but also I think part of it is it's like with Pee-wee, you either get him or you're, you don't. And I think that there's some people uh, that they see like a grown man with rosy cheeks and like this gray suit with a red tie going like, ah, like, and I think they are immediately like mentally exhausted by this image, <laughs> and they're immediately like, nope. And I think that's like a normal 
I think that is a normal, uh, a normal mm. thing to have. Um, it, it's uh, completely reasonable to fe- to experience fight or flight responses towards yes. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, me and my me and my friends would have killed Pee Wee with hammers. Let me tell you that much. Um, but it's like it's. I think it also has a lot to do with being exposed to this as a child, um, and then just sort of your brain writing it in and being used to it. Obviously, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have come to love Pee Wee as an adult only, but it feels like something that has to be informed with like a sense of nostalgia or like. Yeah, after a certain point, like, I'm kind of grabbing the temple on my nose. Um, and it's not that's not to say that I didn't enjoy this movie. I did. There's plenty of very funny stuff. There's plenty of very creative and, and fun stuff. But it's just, it's never going to be in my soul in the same Ooh, yeah. way. I watched this. <laughs> I watched this with my girlfriend who, until I said, oh, I have to watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure, had never heard the words Pee-wee Herman before oh, in wow, her entire okay. life. Even more normal than your wife, Vern. Oh, wow. um, she then revealed to me that she had never heard of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So I just, there's always a very interesting like list of things that she knows about and doesn't know about. Um, girlfriend of the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, <laughs> but we watched it and I think we, we both had a good time. We, we, we laughed at, there was some funny, funny jokes. She liked the dinosaur that um, uh, Pee Wee and Simone sit in. Uh, you know what got, what got, what got me is um, when uh, Pee Wee wakes up at the rodeo and he says, "I remember the Alamo and all the <laughs> guys." Go, how do I know? How do I know? That is a great joke. And he leans out the window of the phone booth and just goes and just sings uh, this like deep in the, the heart. The stars at night are big and bright. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That th- those are funny comedy jokes, uh, and I'm 100 percent support them. I like the murderer guy who cut the mattress tag off. You know that was that was cutting edge humor in 1985. Mickey, um, yeah, 1985, same year as Back to the Future. Big year for complicated breakfast machines. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what was in the news. Like everyone wanted a complex breakfast mm-hmm. machine, but like should be noted, it happened at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh, it, don't don't apologize. Uh, it's a it's a thing where like, as I as I said, like it, it's a, like me hearing that like Kevin was like squeezing his nose watching this movie. I'm like that that tracks. Like I get that. Um, I, I I do think it's a thing that like you either get it or you don't. But also just like Pee Wee started as like a groundlings character, and not not trying to. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know how to put this. Like, he's a little bit more highbrow of a concept than like an Ernest is, than like a Mr. Bean is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite videos on YouTube is uh it's this video where they're showing like people from a remote part of like India, I think, like Mr. Bean clips. And people who've not like don't don't have a lot of experience with like television watching Mr. Bean Mr. Bean clips, and they're just like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's very funny, just like Seeing, you know, there's folks that, like, don't know what this is, but they immediately understand who Mr. Bean is. And folks that, like, don't know what this is and, like, just, like, there's a there's a cement block that's, like, in the foundation of the road in their brains that, like, makes it so, like, Mr. Bean cannot permeate. Mm-hmm. There's a thing, like, my wife has this where just, it's like, there's a thir- certain threshold of logic that, like, once a piece of media crosses like she cannot enjoy it 
Yeah, I um, definitely have the bean blockers. I maybe it's that Nicole and I are like born on the same day, but I'm like, I get it. I we got maybe. the bean blockers up. Uh, that day is just a no go for there's a for there's a movie that that I really enjoy, and it's also a movie that I would never ever in a million years ever recommend to Kevin, but it's called uh, Wrong, and it's a film by Quentin Dupieux. Who made uh, uh, Rubber, the killer tire movie? And uh, Smoking Causes Coughing, which I watched yes. uh, this year. And I, I quite enjoyed Smoking oh, okay, Causes gotcha. Coughing. Well, and the, I like the, Rubber. The The first shot of Wrong is your standard, like, alarm clock shot. And it's one of those, like, alarm clocks where the numbers are, like, little plastic flaps that come down. And it says, like, 759. Uh, and then the alarm clock flips over and it says 760. And that's the first shot of this movie. <laughs> that's funny. And my wife saw this. My wife saw this shot and she said, nope. And she just immediately got up off the couch and left the room. <laughs> that was a, f- and, and so I think there's just like a certain threshold of logic that some folks have where they're like, no. And I think uh, Pee Wee is like one of the higher bars to clear. Like he's a higher, he's a higher bar to clear in like track and, and comedy track and field yeah then like Ernest is then like Mr. Yeah. Bean is Ernest then, is like yeah. Ernest is like a the guy. three stooges are Ernest is like a guy you could meet as just like a loud like just a kind of lower class loudmouth who won't leave you alone Pee Wee Herman is is like a car he's like if Bugs Bunny like stepped into the real world and that'd be like really awkward and uncomfortable Right. This is this is what I'm talking about of like Pee Wee not being a recognizable form of being with a game. Is that like you get Ernest? Like whether you like Ernest, it's like oh yeah, Ernest. I get. It. He's a talkative Southern simpleton. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, Pee Wee is the soul of the id, but I guess it's the uniqueness of the human animal that we were talking about earlier. That like I'm fully on board with Quentin Depew, but just like I don't I don't get Bean. Mm. Or I don't get the the Beverly Luff Lynn guy. What's that? The Greasy Strangler guy? Like oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, and I of can't course, follow I like that, that guy. But I can't. <laughs> but I can follow. I don't know. It's just I. There's just uh, sometimes there's just an alchemy. I like. I love Three Busy Debras or Auntie Donna. But there's like other absurd, like rulesless comedy that I don't vibe with. And mm. I think this is why, like. Because movies are movies nowadays are made for a, a, a grander scale than they used to be. Um, it, you know, there's this. You know, so a lot of movies are made because for like Chinese audiences, because like it's the biggest country in the world. If your movie's a hit there, you're going to make yeah. your money back. That's why we're getting um, an Aquaman too, baby. Exactly. <laughs> and the only I think country in the world like, that got it, the, baby. The, the last. And, and so Aquaman. just like, <laughs> and I, I I just think that like. This is why comedies, not character comedies, but, like, comedies in general, like, really aren't made anymore. Just because, like, there's people who are born and raised here in America who have that strain of, like, 50s television in them somewhere Mm -hmm. that see Pee Wee and they're like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And uh, it's just a, a harder sell. Uh, for for some folks to you know to and and, th- and this is not a knock on anybody it's just like 
uh, Pee Wee is a hard thing to like wrap your brain around. And, uh, and comedy I, is the most subjective thing that there is. Yeah. You know, yes, and yes. and you can't really teach someone to like a kind of comedy if they don't think it's funny. That's not going to change except with like the passage of time where your brain ship of theseuses and you have a different brain later. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's just, that's just how it is. Um, My, uh, the only hope that you, that you have for something like that happening is, uh, again, my wife, a normal person. This is how she is with, I think you should leave. She'll sit down and watch like the, whenever a new season of, I think you should leave drops. My wife will sit down with me and watch it. And she completely no sells it. It does nothing to her. And I'm like, and I'm like cackling, right? And it does nothing to my wife. But then what happens with my wife is uh, lines from the show will get repeated. It will end, it'll become a meme because every season of I Think You Should Leave has at least like two or three like big memes yep. that come from it. Absolutely. And it's five hot dogs, etc. Yes. And I think what, and what happens with my wife is that like eventually like, she hears it so much that her it breaks her brain. <laughs> and so then, then like, after, so she doesn't like I Think You Should Leave whenever it drops. But six months after it drops, a year after it drops, she thinks it's hysterical. And it's just like, because the the continual, like, damage that it does to her brain through, like, cultural osmosis. Just taking like, a big chisel i just like hacking it, away it, yeah she's slowly mm-hmm. waterboarded with i think you should leave or she's like yep yep i'll tell you anything i think it's funny and, <laughs> and um and i think like you know uh maybe maybe it's a thing where uh if every just kevin over the course of the next six months because of this episode, gets more peewee in his algorithm where he's eventually like, ah, I get it. Okay, I get it. I get it now. And then he enjoys it. But it's just, you know, comedy is, as you said, it's like so subjective. And peewee is such like a high bar to clear. And it's such a weird, like, I, I really think that like that breakfast machine is, is like the, is like the first test. You know what I mean? Like, if you see that breakfast machine and you're like, oh, this is cool. You know, the the breakfast ma- uh, machine attached to, the, like, the circus music, I think that's, like, that is your kind of, uh, one oh, like, your peewee 101. Like, if your brain latches onto that and you're, like, mesmerized by that, like I was as a kid, like Justin was mm-hmm. as a kid, then, then, then you're in. You got this. You got this. But, you know... I, I think the farther away from like childhood you see uh, Pee Wee, the harder it is for for your brain to like. <laughs> when you're the the more calcified you're, not saying that Kevin is a closed minded person, but like your brain just like de- gets more like calcified as you grow older, and like things sure. don't don't do the same thing for you as they did as a as a as a child. Well, yeah, Kids. that's also called growing up. Kids don't need. The rules of fictional universes to be explained. No. A child, any child, can sit down, watch one episode of Pokemon with no further, like, inference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. And there's this mistake that people making kids cartoons make where they think that, like, in a Transformers cartoon, you need a couple of of human children running around for the kids to relate to. Yeah. No. The kids want the big trucks because they don't need 
a, a an envoy character. Transformers makes a primal sense to a child. Yu-Gi-Oh! just makes sense to a child's brain. Say no more. The 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 cards do whatever. Yeah. You know, it just you 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 can be a any child. Sit them down in front of a random episode of Pokemon and they're like, I got it. I get it. No, mm-hmm. you don't you don't gotta fucking stop and explain this to me. I fucking got it. And um, adult brains, just because of all their damn synapses, you know, sometimes just like take a little. <laughs> I got too many wrinkles in this thing. I got too many wrinkles. I'm sorry. I got too much electricity jumping from point to point inside my mind. I just need a little. I just need a little bit more. I need something to grab onto. And it's again, it's not that I didn't like Pee Wee. This was not a a torturous experience by any means. I think it's a fun, well made movie. If I had a kid and they wanted to watch this movie a thousand times way worse shit that they oh, could be into yeah. uh, this is this is easy this is easy watching as as big as peewee can be it's like it still has like lots of nice little moments it still has a very fun love a hollywood backlot chase mm-hmm. if you want to yeah. give me a hollywood oh, backlot yeah. chase at any point uh i'm 100 percent there you know who i really liked was this francis character oh. i thought oh, francis yeah, yeah. was a this, that that the, does track with when what he's I know in the about big bathtub, like with all of his big big boy toys, uh. and then his dad comes in and he's like, uh, you know, the biggest businessman of the world, but he's like, Francis, I don't know if I should believe you. That's funny. Oh, I, we yeah. should hang out more with Francis. Oh, this <laughs> this, this like perfectly smooth man with, like, who hires a greaser to buy a bike to steal a bike and then just doesn't want it anymore uh francis uh the uh the only other big 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 credit and the other other big big movie that you would recognize him being he's the guy that shouts it's enrico palazzo in the first naked gun movie Uh, (laughs) don't know don't know how he didn't become i don't know how francis didn't become a bigger deal and then fucking blow Um, up it also does like make it kind of you know it's just one of those it kind of makes sense that uh that peewee's rival would be like a spoiled 1950s rich kid yeah that's yeah. also an adult man who is like just as <laughs> well, who is just as childish as he is yes uh yeah. real big this might this is gonna mean nothing to a lot of folks but big um uh, Porky from Earthbound Energy wow. on wow. <laughs> on uh, Francis, uh, just a big uh-huh. spoiled brat. Uh, that yeah, uh, just a big spoiled brat with a big bathtub. Where he plays kind of he's got like, he's got like an odd job as a bu- as like a manservant. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really good. I really like him. Um, you know, uh, I can't believe that the SpongeBob movie would just wholesale rip off the biker bar scene from Pee-wee's oh, Big yeah. Adventure. It's kind of like unbelievable <laughs> the degree to which they just did it again. Uh, but you know what? Him going up and doing like a nonsense. I like the lack of rules to his nonsense tequila dance at the biker bar. Like there's no there's no internal justification for why that would be appealing to the bikers. They just like it. That's funny. That they think that's good yeah. and that that's funny. I like at the end when he's got all the snacks and he's going, you know, they're watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 again, I love he ruins the one line he gets in the, in the movie about <laughs> yeah. him, where he, like and he's they dub him he's over dubbed like over this. and he won't stop looking in the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's very that's funny. 
Uh, I like the the fake Pee Wee movie they make with like James Brolin and that uh, uh, attractive blonde woman. Yeah, Morgan Fairchild. There you go. And uh, yeah, that's good. And again, give me as many Hollywood studio backlot chase scenes as you care to give me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The the you know of course the the all time classic version of this in Blazing Saddles, but uh, this is another good one. This is a lot more propulsive than the one in Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're actually interested in, like, producing an action sequence, which Mel Brooks cannot be fucked to do. Um, <laughs> he's going to plant that camera down, and you're going to do some jokes, and that's that's going to work. And you that's know what? Work. It does. Um, Mel Brooks is no Tim Burton in the style department. Uh, I'll say it. Uh, a, a strong effort in Mel Brooks's silent movie with uh, the that's wheelchair. True. That's, that's uh, true. That's uh, true. I'll give him that. He... Um, could be stylish when he wanted to. He just never yes. wanted to. You know, and, like... And, why should he? Why should he? Like, truly, yeah, why it. should we, he? We didn't need it. You know, he's, he's stylish for, like, it's kind of a Tim Burton kind of situation where, like, boy, he's really trying in a lot of departments in, like, the front half of the Mel Brooks career. And then there's a lot of, like, fuck it, just put the camera down. It's going to be a lot of blood splashing onto Steven Weber. Like, we don't need to do anything fucking fancy. Uh, but you watch, like, High Anxiety, and you're like, he like directed this. Yeah. Like he like there's shot choices, there's interesting camera angles and like visual bits that like by the time you get to like Robin Hood Men in Tights, he cannot be fucked to oh, do. Oh yeah, he's, no, he is No, because Robin Hood Men in Tights, he's not e- he's not even writing new jokes anymore. He is Yes, he's just using the same jokes from the old movies. <laughs> yeah, honestly it's a greatest hits collection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just does half the jokes again. And you know what? It's the movie's alright. Carrie Elwes really carries it on his fucking back. That whole, there's this, uh, it's, yeah, Mel Brooks kind of enters this, like, Mike Love era Beach Boys kind of thing, (laughs) where uh, all of his material is, do you remember the old stuff? You know what I mean? And because, like, like, his big, like, uppercut of a joke at the end of Robin Hood Men and Tights is like, hey, it worked in Blazing Saddles, a black shit. You know what I mean? Like, whenever Dave Chappelle is... Uh, is made sheriff. He was a black sheriff. It worked in Blazing Saddles. The, like, it's just a very big, like... The, the young, you remember this? The remember young this? Frankenstein musical ends with next year Blazing Saddles. Yeah, 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 exactly. That yeah, has exactly. never, has never materialized. Ne- never. Yeah, it's like... Cannot be bothered. It's like you watch... Yeah, it's it's a bad idea. Uh, young Frankenstein was not particularly a uh, good no. idea. I think the producers was just sort of like a one in a million kind of like, wow, that really works. That thing really fucking cooks. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, This isn't a Mel Brooks podcast, but you watch Spaceballs and you're like, I think he forgot to put the jokes in. <laughs> I think... I think he had like an editing timeline with all the jokes and he forgot to click that back on before hitting export. <laughs> he, le- yeah. he, he, he left the real marked jokes in the car. Yeah, he forgot it because like, oh, that movie's really resting on the comedic bravura talents of Bill Pullman and Daphne Zuniga. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's, it's, uh, Spaceballs has this thing and I think all, I think, Mel Brooks was like, and to a degree, he was right. To a degree, he was right on this because uh, Spaceballs is still like talked about and still like has a cultural footprint. Uh, foot I liked Blazing Saddles, but, uh, not Blazing Saddles. Um, Spaceballs as a kid. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, but kids love. But it. I think it's got that. You know, he's. I, I think he's expecting like 
people loving Star Wars to do a lot of the heavy lifting on that. Yes. And it has this thing that, like, I've seen one before. Uh, I've seen this before. I've seen this like, multiple times before. But I've uh, it's there was a time in our lives where we were really, we had a lot of fun with making puffin characters in a wrestling game. And, uh, but near the end of that period in our lives, we started getting a little petered out with it and a little tired. And I just remember, uh, Kevin, uh, <laughs> I'm, this is an insane, uh, choice of words that I'm about to string together in a sentence. <laughs> Kevin editing Chris Nick Polini's wrestling ring entrance <laughs> and uh and chris nick Pliny is like walking out to the ring and it's playing like this like abrasive mark henry theme song which is this is like loud just like mean i'm going to kill you rap music <laughs> and chris nick Pliny is doing like a sexy brie bella dance and kevin said with like zero energy in his voice <laughs> like near in a near catatonic catatonic state kevin goes yeah that's funny and 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 i think so much squeezed kevin's corpse to get like the last breaths of life out of him that's what would come out yeah and i think so much of just like mel brooks now or at least like mel brooks is like later period stuff is like yeah yeah just yeah, that that's, kind of yeah, yeah, that's funny. Funny. yeah yeah that's that's good it's, it's i think this isn't a place this isn't a, a Spaceballs uh podcast but i think part of the issue with Spaceballs is that mel brooks is a lover of the classics yes yeah. you know he, he stays up late at night legitimately reading you know like old russian novels mm-hmm. and that's how you get the 12 chairs mm-hmm. he, you he he loves classic hollywood westerns he loves classic hollywood monster movies he loves hitchcock and so there's like there's a passion behind his motivating to like lovingly send up these like classic genres of literature and film not for nothing that's what he grew up with like it's not yeah that's in his dna the classics he grew up. He he's an he's an incredibly old man, nearly a thousand years old. Um, <laughs> a thousand year old man in the year two thousand. Yeah. Uh, um, so like he yes. he grew. That's the stuff he grew up with. But he like that's just what he he's. But he's also just his comedic stylings are what we understand as the classics. Because the guy cut his teeth writing for Sid Caesar. Like he <laughs> right. he he, yeah. he in- built. What we under, he's like, he was part of building what we understand as, like, classic Hollywood comedy. Yes, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, Star Wars doesn't even come out until High Anxiety. Like, it's the same oh, year yeah. as, like, High Anxiety. So he does not have a sort of reverence for that genre or, like, his alien parody, you oh, know, in, in Spaceballs of just, like... You know, hey, what a guy pops out of the stomach goes, "Hello, my baby, hello, my honey." Yeah, yeah, J- yeah his fun. point That's of reference is Michigan J Frog. Is Michigan J Frog? Is Michigan J Frog? Exactly, and it's like, oh, that's the inspired part of it, right? Like in Spaceballs, mm-hmm. which is like best experienced as like a YouTube video called like Spaceballs All Rick Moranis Scenes. You know, <laughs> like it's just, it's it's like it's. 
he does not care about so much of that. But, like, the scenes in that movie that are on the evil guy's spaceship, and it's just, like, old-fashioned shtick. Like, Rick Moranis and the guy who plays uh, the the asshole captain mm-hmm. and when Mel Brooks himself shows up. And I'm like, now this now this is comedy. Yeah. Now, this is, now, we're, now we're telling jokes here. As opposed to, like, John Candy, God love him, who, like, is just not given fucking anything to do. So he has to say lines like, I'm half man, half dog, I'm my own best friend, and try and sell that like it's a joke. And try and sell it, and try and sell it like there's a punchline there. Mm-hmm. Or, um, um, yeah, or and, uh, Joan Rivers has nothing in that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, she doesn't even get a, she doesn't, she doesn't get a joke. She doesn't get to comb the desert, you know. She uh-huh. has to, like, I, and it's like, uh, like I, I hate, like I, I'm sorry, I hate, but like I kind of find Joan Rivers insufferable. Like I just kind of like it's, it's a, a real st- Pee Wee Herman. Like you get it or you don't. Uh-huh. Exactly, <laughs> and like where she just goes on the red carpet and bullies people. <laughs> yes, uh, it was. It was not until that like uh, there's a YouTube video about the the uh, a video that only I would be, ever be interested in, but it's like a hour long video about the rivalry between Joan Rivers and Johnny Carson that like uh, made me <laughs> like, it made me appreciate Joan Rivers more, but like so much of that shtick is like, it's Joan Rivers as a robot. Like, and that's the, that's the joke. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and it's just like, I, I need something to sink my teeth into a little bit more. Then it's a Joan Rivers robot, um, but right, like, like like yogurt, you know, when Mel Brooks oh. is dressed up like a gold Yoda and is hucking Spaceballs merch, I'm like, well, that's a joke. Like, that's this, fun. And, and you're right. Like, I never, I never thought of it until now. But like, so much of that movie is Mel Brooks trying to like bend Star Wars into a sh- form that he recognizes yes. by yes. having like. Michigan J Frog bust out of the mm-hmm. chest by having pizza the, the sign fiction this yeah the pizza the hut the, <laughs> the Joan Rivers robot like it's yes. so much like mm-hmm. him just like trying to make heads or tails of it and it's like she, in reality she, she's like a Mel Brooks princess yeah like Mel Brooks should have been doing like a spoof of like Flash Gordon serials yes, yes. he would have been like much that's happier. what he should have been yes doing. yes but like he should have played he should have played Wars. like ming the like no it'd be like mong the merciful exactly yeah it's just like star wars would pay the bills and it did for him like mel mel brooks is doing fine because of space balls easily his uh, most financially successful yes, movie uh, he's uh. doing fine but it is a lot of it is just him trying to like you just as some people like I would be the worst person in the world to direct a Marvel movie just because like I have no appreciation <laughs> for them I have no affinity for them yeah for a lot of them and but it's you know it's it's it Mel Brooks saw that like there was an opening uh he saw there's an opening and he landed his spaceship in there and I think that like land in the plane again I think this is why like Pee Wee's Big Adventure does work because like nice. if you're going to get someone to direct a movie about this like 50s man child in like the scariest day of his life <laughs> the day his bicycle got stolen from him yeah. you get someone who was born and raised on like 50s horror yeah. who's like best friends with vincent price and that's tim burton mm-hmm. like you just uh and that's i think part of uh what i like so much about Wee. like as a child i was like oh funny movie oh fun movie 
but like now as an uh, as an adult, I think part of why I love this movie so much is just like Paul Rubens, the man getting just like, let's get everyone I know who's funny. Mm-hmm. Let's get everyone I know who's talented. Let's get everyone who I've worked with before. Like, like let's get them all together and just like make something that we think is fun and funny. Let's, let's get a little uh, Phil Hartman yeah. in here. Let's, just oh, yeah. to, just yeah, to kiss. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's what his stage show was. Phil like. Hartman wrote the script. Co-wrote the he, co-writer of the script. He, um, he truly, truly. And, uh, and I, and I think it's just like, let's, I think it's born from that. Like, let's make something that works for us. And hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the rest will follow. You know what I mean? Just that kind of, Absolutely. That mentality. Yes, and, uh, there, and there I is a, appreciate that kind of movie being made. There is a strong torch carrying conviction to what this movie is. Yes. You know, it's like <laughs> there is there is a vision. Not not everyone's gonna understand the vision, but like it's like you're watching a Quentin Depew movie. You're like, don't know what's wrong with this man, but like he is putting it up on the screen. Smoking causes coughing, like makes perfect sense into of itself, right? You only a movie doesn't have to make sense with our world; it only has to make sense within its own parameters. Yeah. And the parameters of this movie are set up. Everyone making it is on the same page. It's like Airplane or Naked Gun. It's not like Scary Movie Four, where David Zucker's trying to figure out what's funny about The Grudge. He doesn't <laughs> care about The Grudge. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't understand what's funny about The Grudge, but he but understands like, what's funny about a guy cocking a shovel and a shotgun shell comes out. <laughs> like when Pee Wee leaves his house, he doesn't go like he doesn't go grocery shopping. He doesn't go to like renew his license plates oh. of the DMV. Like he, buys toys. he goes to like he goes to a magic shop. He goes to a place to work on his bike. He goes to like if the adverts in the back of like 1950s comic books had brick and mortar locations. Like that's where he goes. Like there Buys like there, I'm, su- I'm surprised there's not a deleted scene where he goes to like an aquarium that only has sea monkeys. You know I what I mean? Like yeah. it's just uh, so much of this like world viewed through the prism of like what a kid in the 1950s is fascinated by, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and and a world that like <laughs> the the bikers in this movie like like in real life they would like they would the instant Pee Wee Herman walked into that bar, like they would kill him. It would not take him like, I'm trying to use a phone. Like it would not take that for them to like brutally murder Pee Wee Herman. While calling him some six letter words. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Um, And, but it, but these are not real life 1980s bikers. These are 1950s bikers in a 1980s movie, you know, like in real life, uh, there would be like two productions going on in the Warner brothers backlot. And they definitely wouldn't be making a Godzilla movie. They wouldn't be making beach blanket bingo, uh-huh. <laughs> but they would like, but in the Pee Wee, well, they wouldn't Warner have brothers a backlot, backlot at all. Like they wouldn't have like, they wouldn't have a, a, a Christmas movie where like Santa's dancing on the North pole. Like 
this is the one thing that like doesn't fit is like the twisted sister music video but that feels like warner brothers being like we know we're gonna lose money on this can you at least promote our twisted sister <laughs> album like, <laughs> yeah, i don't know if it's uh, if it's it makes sense within the sequence you yeah, know i exactly. didn't i didn't question it for a second in the same way i don't question like where does peewee get his money uh like you can't you can't ask that question right. peewee just has money mm-hmm. it's fine it's um, like, well no it's like asking where does bugs bunny like get his mail <laughs> Where does Bugs Bunny get his big hammer from? This <laughs> movie all exists in hammer space. Like, yes, this is not... Exactly, exactly. It's not, um, it's not real. You can't worry um, about it. You really just, like, should not worry about it. Uh, but one thing I would like to... Uh, it's uh, because it's, uh, you know, because uh, Paul Rubens passed away, and that's uh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's been a lot of, like, peewee stuff, and... Uh, uh, I uh, recently watched the the Red Letter Media guys with Macaulay Culkin uh, talking about uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and there was one thing I was really because su- those guys are smart film goers, and I was really surprised they missed this. But they were talking about uh, that sequence at the end of the movie where uh, where, where the pet shop is burning down, and uh, and Pee Wee saves all the animals, and they're like, like why do they have this sequence in there? And I was surprised it was lost on them, like. This whole movie is about Pee-wee trying to recover his bicycle that got stolen from him and Pee-wee being a total fucking dick about it. Like Pee-wee being a dick to anyone who's not there to help him find his bike. Uh And then at the end of this movie, after he goes through this insane car chase or like through a studio backlot, he he sees this pet shop burning down and the first like he just abandons his bike on the sidewalk and goes in and saves these animals. He doesn't like, he doesn't attach like a thousand foot of chain link to his bicycle or anything like that. Like he just abandons his bicycle to go. Like it's a thing where it's like, it's subtle. It's like, if you blink and you miss you, if you blink, you'll miss it. But like, like peewee, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like peewee does like, learn and grow from this experience <laughs> he, <laughs> and he realize saves the cat yeah, yeah. like he he and realizes the there's something and the goldfish no. <laughs> and the spiders yeah. it's, it's a it's a incredibly long sequence that pet shop sequence but it does make me laugh how every time he goes back in he like frowns at the snakes that's <laughs> yeah, funny. yeah it's funny it's, to uh... do it six times you know yes, what i mean it's absolutely. not it's not funny to do it once it's funny to do it six times mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. There's I I think that's a uh, it's really cute and you know just like I don't know. It just there is like something. It's just barely there, and it's just one of those things where like I feel like it's kind of them like well we have to do this if we're making a real life movie. But there is something where like Pee Wee saves the pet shop from like all the animals in the pet shop. At the end of the movie, he does go on something of a bike ride with. Uh, the voice of Tommy Pickles, E.G. Daily, like there is like just b- barely enough like growing up that he does, where there's like an yeah. arc. Um, but also they realize like like the bread and butter of the Pee Wee's Big Adventure movie is not like a morality tale. It's like let's find a framework <laughs> to hang hang our weird jokes mm-hmm. on. Yeah, there's uh, there's not that scene that exists in every single movie where someone has to like blow up at Pee Wee and be like, 
don't you get it? You're treating everyone like a big jerk. And then we have to spend like 10 minutes with everybody being like mopey and sad. Yep. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, we don't need all that. No one, no one does like peewee. No one does Owen voice at peewee. <laughs> hey, Thank I saw, God. Like, I saw like, what you did back there. And you shouldn't have given Francis <laughs> that trick gum. That made his teeth and mouth run <laughs> black. That wasn't okay. That You know, it's just like, they realize, like, we just need a framework to to hang our jokes on. Let's go buy a copy of the book, the screenplay, and learn how to write a movie uh, so yeah. we can have something to put our jokes on. So we can have a like, scene where, like, Pee Wee smuggles a na- huge nail file in a foot-long <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just like, exactly. Uh, oh, we need something to bring all of our characters back. Uh, they're all at the drive-in. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, and they're, you know, again, like, there's something there. Uh, E.G. Daly says, we'll, she keeps bringing up, like, we'll settle up at the drive-in. Take me to the drive-in. And at the end of the movie, there. he takes her to uh, a drive-in. Yeah. It's at to the see damn his drive-in. movie. Uh, but it's, he still takes her to him. There's, there's enough there uh, to make it, like, a real movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> but also, there's enough there to, to make it what it needs to be, which is just a framework to hang jokes on starring our weird like improv character that we made up <laughs> yeah. it, it's, and uh and and i love it uh i i i could i would totally understand anyone who does not like it uh i could understand anyone who'd be like you know not for me um but uh i think uh it works as just like a what i love movies to be which is just a brief glimpse into a weirdo world that I'm not a part of. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, hyper-realistic, like, it makes sense in that world. No one questions it. Uh, no one no one questions how a place that only sells, like, shrunken heads and trick gum <laughs> and rubber chickens, like, can stay in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't like, worry about it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter. This is the world of this movie. Well, they uh, used to. And, like, you, they I used to just have joking well, magic true, yeah. shops. This that's is true. true. This is true. Uh, this is true. Because they didn't have um, Fortnite. Yeah. To learn how to in... <laughs> shuffle cards. <laughs> the, the craziest uh, thing you could do was wind up a little clockwork device and tuck it in your palm, and it would buzz <laughs> whenever someone touched it. And that was the end of hours in the day. the day. What if there was a flower that made you wet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like the early David Letterman appearances that Pee Wee Herman would do, like those early times where like Pee Wee Herman was on David Letterman. So much of those segments were just Pee Wee showing Dave Letterman like fun toys that he found, and like that, that's I how just he opens appreciate... his uh, HBO special. Yeah, yeah, and I just like I appreciate like the filmmakers using like this is probably a problematic expression, but like using every part of the buffalo to like mm-hmm. find a way to make this movie work. Yeah, like uh, he likes showing off toys to David Letterman. So let's make his house this weird Rube Goldberg machine full of toys. Let's make it so, like, the first thing that he does when he goes out to work, like, whenever he goes out for business, is to go to a magic shop. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, uh, I like them yeah. just, like, it's it's creative filmmaking uh, in a way that doesn't exist. It's like, what do we got? <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. I, just, I like it. Absolutely. Uh, but also, totally understand anyone who'd be like, nope. <laughs> totally understand uh, my my uh, my father-in-law being like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally get it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, not to shunt us long, but any uh, concluding thoughts? Kind of feels like we were kind of naturally wrapping yeah, up a yeah. little bit. I think this uh, Pee-wee uh, hired a guy with no live-action, long-form film experience, and he's like, hey, direct my movie. Uh, he brought in, uh, you know, like, Phil Hartman and Cassandra Peterson mm-hmm. and uh, John Paragon and all these, like, all of his people that worked in his comedy troupe, like members of his comedy troupe to, to be a part of this uh, experience. So many of the people that are in this movie would go on to be in like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, like Tim Burton's doing well for himself. Danny Elfman's doing well for himself. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, uh, I just, uh, the only thing I have to add is like uh, Pee Wee made a movie with his talented friends and he put them all in it. Wow. Uh, and it's a it's a movie that, you know, so many years later, like we're still talking about. It's a cult classic. It puts so many of these people on the map. Uh, and I think that's really cool. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I that's think that's, I ch- that's yeah. part of why I chose this movie. That's good. Um, An R.I.P. Wee. An R.I.P. Wee. Uh, absolutely. Yes, it was a it was an interesting movie. A good to finally uh, see this one. Uh, you know, probably would be up there on my uh, Tim Burton rankings. My only real uh, concluding thought is uh, if you look like Pee Wee in that scene where he dresses up like a lady, DM me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I say something without everybody getting mad? Can I, can I, hey, can I say something crazy? Uh, if you're, uh, my girlfriend listening to this, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding, baby. I love you. I don't I not DM in any Pee Wee women. Don't you worry I about it, baby. So much. I love you, baby. Listen, I ain't DMing no Pee Wee girl. Listen, I'm, listen, I'm, this is Justin, Ger- this is Justin Germaroth, a real person speaking. If you are, if you are a, a Hermina, a Her, a Hermanette, <laughs> a Hermet, or, yeah. A Hermanella, please, please, please DM me. Please, please, please. <laughs> I'm on bended knees here. Oh. Wait, come on. Uh, yeah, just, well, Justin, do you want to tell us what uh, what's coming up next on the old baby pod? Uh, coming up next on Movies for Babies is an old, old institution, uh, a titan of the local video store rental experience. I'm I- I'm talking uh, from Full Moon Entertainment Pet Shop. What pet is this movie? Shop. Pet, pet Shop. Pet Shop. From I don't know. From this the movie people who brought us uh Prehysteria and the Puppet Master series. Oh, I know Puppet Master. I know Puppet Master, but I don't know Pet Shop. So uh, streaming on many free services <laughs> with ads. It looks like God bless yep. Full Moon Entertainment. Take home a pet from another universe. Oh my God! Sounds like my kind of picture. I am really enjoying this like strain of uh, movies from our childhood mm-hmm. on movies for babies. It is interesting Absolutely. to learn about my friends through things like star kid and pet shop <laughs> uh well the one i got in the tank for uh whenever my turn comes around who buddy it's gonna be uh-huh. it's gonna be a good time oh all right pet God. shop pet shop. this will be exciting yeah amazing can't uh, wait to watch to this on tubi.com <laughs> a movie uh, i saw well, exactly incredible. twice and remember every frame of it Okay, not even gonna rewatch it. (laughs) Don't. No, I I, I actually did rewatch it just to make sure it's worth like picking. Okay, films directed by women. Finally, covering another (laughs) woman director. (laughs) Let women direct 
Petra. Yeah. Uh, sick. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and if there's if there's nothing else, uh, uh, got 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 shine on you, crazy diamond. <laughs> shine on you, crazy diamond. R.I.P. We. R.I.P. We. Don't go to the controversy section of Paul Rubin's Wikipedia page. You're not gonna like no. it. Pee Wee um, did not. Okay, well, I don't one know. Of them, he the, might have the done something thing, wrong, but we don't. One of them, he might have done something. We actually we don't. I really one of them, he might have done. A lot of it's like tied up. We in don't know. I but take also, a very strong. It's fine to jerk off in a porno movie theater yes. stance. I am less firm on section two of Paul yeah, Rubin's yeah. Wikipedia yeah, controversy yeah, yeah. section. Yeah, yeah, that that I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, I don't want to say Pee Wee did nothing wrong, but uh, but I will but say it's fine to jerk off in a that porno theater. Think about, <laughs> but the big thing they think about, nothing happened. Yeah. Cool and good. I would uh, dare it say it was a it was a thing where like. I remember, like, when I was first discovered Pee Wee as a little kid, uh, you know, of course, I'm sharing it with all my friends. And I, and then I remember his kid, his older kid named Daniel, and he's like, Pee Wee Herman got arrested. And I said, Mondi, oh, my God, what for? And they said he was playing with himself. And as a little kid, I was like, I, I play with myself all play the time. Play with a twat. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. That's the first, like, uh, it's, it's, that's like a whole, like, that's basically the whole beginning of the movie is him playing with himself. Yes, I had no concept of, uh, and then and then someone later on, whenever I got older, elaborated. Oh, he was you know playing with his dick, and then that. But I still didn't like. I you know this was a, a pre-sexual. I had no idea right. like what that meant. Vernon like, looks at his hairy palms and like hides the uh-huh. vice. <laughs> I pick I, I pick up my tapping cane. <laughs> it's just like. Uh, so, uh, I guess Pee Wee was a big part of my development because, uh, I, I, by, a bit, somehow learned what, like, masturbation was. <laughs> because I forgot that masturbation made you go blind. I forgot that that was wrong. Oh, yeah. I got never masturbated. I forgot that one. Kevin's eyes are perfect. I got 20-20 vision, baby. It's all still inside. <laughs> uh, this has been Movies for Babies. Movies for Babies. I have to echolocate. <laughs> Thank you.